Before we get to this week's episode, let's talk about Cuts Clothing. Guys, work attire has completely changed. You don't have to wear stuffy and uncomfortable clothes anymore. Cuts Clothing has reimagined work clothes by elevating the classic t-shirt to something you can wear on any occasion, from a formal work meeting to a casual night out. Everyone loves Cuts Clothing. Elite athletes, entrepreneurs, recording artists are all wearing what GQ Magazine calls the only shirt worth wearing. And Cuts has your holiday shopping covered with a ton of new products and special site-exclusive offers every day in December. So go visit CutsClothing.com today for some can't-miss daily deals. One more time, that's Cuts, C-U-T-S, Clothing.com. And now, grab a drink, sit back, relax, and here's another episode of In the Paint. All right, what is good, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of In the Paint. I am joined as I am every time we record with my buddy, my hooping pal, my co-host, Joe. What's going on, man? Dude, we got we got a lot to talk about today. Like we do, <laughs> like some. It felt like November, or at least the first part of the season. Like there wasn't a whole lot of you know injuries. COVID stuff. There are some tricky teams and everything. And then all of a sudden, it seems like in the last week, just bam, like yeah, a craft of major stuff has has really happened. And, uh, you know, we're going to talk about uh, some teams and players doing real well. So, and some that are, you know, kind of struggling out there. So. For sure. Um, well, let's get some of the, like, shitty stuff out of the way. Um, seems like the last, like, 10 days has been just either a team is getting bad news about a player or a pretty decent player on the squad or like players are out with health and safety protocols with COVID. So we're just going to start to rattle off some. And then if anything seems like it's worth, you know, expanding upon, we will. Um, Obviously we got news yesterday before the Kings game for the Lakers that LeBron is going to be out at least. Well, so let's, I guess we can review the protocol here. Um, so when a player goes out with COVID, if they are vaccinated, there's kind of two routes that the protocols can go. First one is minimum of 10 days. If you're not getting two negative tests within 24 hours of, you know, or sorry, 20 spaced out 24 hours in between. Um, so if you can't get that, then it's a 10 day minimum. And then you have to do like a cardi, a cardio or a cardi actric screening or something like that, basically to make sure that like your heart's good, that everything's working properly. And then you can resume basketball activities and then you can play after that. Or you can do the two tests 24 hours apart, do the screening, make sure everything's good. If you're asymptomatic and get back. Um, so we found out that LeBron is out for again, either 10 days or two tests plus the screening, whatever. Sounds like it's probably going to end up being a minimum of 10 days regardless. So he'll miss a couple games, a few games here and there. Um, and we, we will talk more in depth about what that looks like with the whole team in general. We'll kind of talk about what they've been doing the past couple of times or past couple of games. Um, but like, you know, you just hate to see this for anybody, but especially a team that's kind of been reeling as of late um oh, so this just in, comes at a really shitty time it does they're in some deep peril dude because like of the three teams that lebron has had is this his fourth season in la yes one two three i guess technically yep. really it is technically so, yeah but anyway this this is the weirdest one dude so oh, i mean yeah. you just don't know what you're getting on a nightly basis and um yeah, to see him, you know, come back, play, what he played one, two games, and then... Maybe, maybe, th- yeah, at least two, maybe three, but... Yeah, and then to have this happen, just just nuts, so... Yeah. Um, got some good news, though. Right. Finally. So, uh, Zion Williamson, who I love to watch play basketball, by the way. Like, yes. he's one of my favorites to watch. He's in it, it, to me, he's an NBA league pass must, right? Yes, 100%. Yeah, and uh, and and the Pelicans. I mean, they're not going anywhere with him <laughs> either. But uh, but it is nice for their fans. It's nice to see him uh, come back a lot later than we feel like he should have, though. So, yes. is his weight an issue? Uh, I don't think there's any question. Um, yeah, 
Listen, I and you and I think I both were on the same train of thought all around this. When he was where he entered into the league, I think it was like around 280, 285, maybe even a little more. Um, we said, hey, this dude's been playing the same way with maybe a little bit of weight less, but like around that that range yeah. for for the greater part of like three to four or five years, whatever. And I'm not I wasn't gonna tell somebody who is clearly an electrifying and incredible basketball player what to do with his body. Um, yeah. That's never been my my MO. But sure. he came in last year and then again this year, like to media day, clearly 20 pounds heavier than that. Like three bills, if not more. And that becomes a problem. Like when you look overweight, even when you're that big, then it becomes a problem. <laughs> um, so yes, his weight is an issue. Again, with injury, that will be a problem. Joints, all bones, all that. That will be a problem. Now, I don't know what he looks like. Haven't seen a picture lately. Don't know if we will until he starts to get back into the swing of things. But at least him getting back is a good sign because there was a point where I was like, is he? Is this going to be the same thing every year? Like he's out for three months, four months, and we don't see him every year? To start the season? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of like it. what it was. And yeah. you know those lower extreme, extreme extremity injuries on big guys like him, like guys who weigh a lot. I mean, they can be – they can end careers. They could do yeah, absolutely you know, a whole lot of stuff. So um, I don't want that for him. Like, yeah. So, you know, I hope, I hope this is it. Completely agree. I just don't know um, if it is, man. Yeah. I, I, I think that there has to be, there has to be a little bit of like getting into probably a better diet, a more regimen diet, kind of trimming down a little bit. Um, because you're right, this, this cannot be a trend. This cannot continue to keep happening or else again, the, the trajectory and the ceiling that I think we all thought or thinks he think he has will be so much lower. Um, and it'll be, yeah, I was going to say, it's not the same, but like, I mean, different talents, different ceilings, but like, you don't want this to be a Greg Oden type situation where it's like, you got. And I'm not obviously like Greg Oden was never going to be Zion. Um, they're just completely different. But in the sense of like what careers could have been that were derailed by just again being massive humans and then not getting your body to a point where it was able to take the beating that the NBA allow that or you know demands from you. Um, you don't want Zion to turn into a scenario where we're looking about what if because of all of that. Yeah, and I wonder like you know I mean obviously 280 285 he's already the second heaviest player in the NBA, I think. Yeah. Maybe third. I know Jokic is up there, but he's usually know. up there. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but and Marijanovic, um, who's like, well. 300. <laughs> but I'm just wondering, like, does he lose effectiveness if he slims down to 265 instead of 285? You know what I mean? Like, is he still as explosive? Is he still as strong? I mean, he's, he's still one of the biggest dudes at that weight in the NBA. Sure. I mean, I guess this is maybe not again, a hundred percent comparable in like a lateral comparison, but like did LeBron lose effectiveness when going from two eighty five down to two sixty when he was in Miami? No. Right. The game changes a little bit. Like you actually probably get a little more spry. You're not bodying yes. people as much. You're not banging in the post as much, but again, it's weird. Zion is massive but he isn't like just this all out. I'm going to body you everywhere you go. He is a lot of graceful, um, uses angles. Well, jumps over a lot of people. Um, so I don't, I don't think him going down to 265 like completely just changes the way he plays because again, he's not going to like, he is just a bowling ball by nature too. And so again, this is not me saying that like he's not physical. He is, but I don't think he's just a bruiser like Dwight Howard. You know, I don't think that yeah. going down 20 pounds is going to drastically change a lot. It probably will just prolong his career, to be honest. Um, yeah. So I don't think he loses effectiveness. I think he actually gains maybe three, four, five more years on his career if we go that route. I I tend to agree with you. And like at that point then for Zion, does it just become self-discipline? You know what yes. I mean? Like, is that is that what this is? Like, you it, know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of, it, dating myself it reminds me of charles barkley yeah hey barkley was pretty much done 
like and, and he even said it after his first two years in Phoenix because of his back issues and because of his weight issues. And, you know, there's stories about him shotgunning entire pizzas after games and things like that. And you just wonder if he would have took care of his body like and he's, he's already in, in my book, one of the best players to ever play, especially that, that I've seen. Sure. But like how much better could he have been? Because there was a time in the late 80s, early 90s where it wasn't just Michael Jordan's league. Like, Barkley right, right. was right there with him. No doubt. So. And, I mean, it, is there a more comparable player to him than Barkley? I mean, in just in, like, kind of in general. Like, that's a pretty yeah. good comp. So, I think that that's a great, a great comp and a great example. Um, that's kind of where you need to model that. Um, but... I mean, the, the, the access these guys have, the, the money that they can give to trainers, nutritionists, uh, technology, like once you get to a weight that you like, there's no excuse to not be able to maintain that. Like you can be able to do that. It's just, it's, well, sorry, there is an excuse. The excuse would be, you're just not disciplined, but like it, you can get there and you can make it work. It's just, do you, do you want that? Can't, can you do that day in and day out? Well, if you want to last for 20 or 12, 15, 20 years in the NBA, you have to. I mean, that's what we've seen from LeBron, Melo even. Melo is not talked about enough at how he has kept his body NBA ready for the same amount of time as LeBron. I mean, let's just call it what it is. Yeah, so, I mean, he, <laughs> you're right. We, we forget about Melo. We forget sometimes that Chris Paul is right up there with him yep. as, far as, as far as age. And we kind of take these – older guys for granted because most guys, you know, they hit 29, 30, your athletic prime should be done. And then here you got, right. You know, like Chris Paul at 35, LeBron James, you ready to turn 37 AD or mellow. I'm sorry. Same thing, but it's crazy. But right, the, the nutrition and what we know about, uh, science and the money that these guys have. Yes. You know, that they didn't have 30 years ago that Barkley really didn't have access to. Correct. hundred percent difference i mean jordan either like let's i mean you know we're obviously a pro lebron and we're not anti michael jordan we're pro lebron being the best ever but like jordan jordan's excuse could be the same thing he did not have near the access to keep his body the same as lebron does and maybe maybe jordan doesn't retire a couple times and doesn't step away um a couple times if he's able to keep his body at tip-top shape i mean that dude got the Mm -hmm. piss beat out of him a long time for a long time um and so I just wonder, you know, I, I don't know if the greatness thing would have changed at all, but like the the longevity of his career might have. And that's one sure. of the things that LeBron has going for him in the argument is dude's been doing it for 19. He's going to be ending up doing it for 20, probably 25 years. Like that's the biggest, that may be the biggest feather in his cap is like, I, I did this thing for literally 25 years. Yeah. Insane. So anyway, enough about those two. Um, another really shitty one. John Morant, who quite possibly has been maybe the most electrifying player this year when he is healthy and, like, clicking on all cylinders. He's just so fucking fun to watch. Talk about a league pass guy. He's a league pass guy for sure. Um, Oh. But he is now out indefinitely um, with an ankle sprain. And I can't help but think about, like, the Derrick Roses, like the Russell Westbrooks, those type of high-flying guys, which John Morant is a lot like, Lower leg and lower body injuries happen a lot with those types of guys. Yeah, and uh, and you're right. First of all, Jean Morant is a, definitely an NBA <laughs> league pass. And the way he gets into the paint and how he finishes and how he sees oh. open, that it is you, – you hit it on the notes. Like, that's Derrick Rose-esque. It's a lot of Derrick Rose. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of that in there. So, and what's bad about ankle sprains – is that you just never know. Never know. Like, it could be, you could tweak it, and it could be, you and I both have had times where, you know, you roll an ankle and you hear a pop, and then you you literally walk it off. And, you know, I, we play basketball on Sunday, and then I see you on Thursday, and you're like, hey, didn't you roll your ankle? And you're like, yeah. Like, you're like, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, we're good now, right? Yeah. And there's the other times where, like, you go and break your ankle, and you're yeah. out, you know, six months. So, like, with with the spring, you just never know. It could linger, or it could be done, and you know, and that's scary. So because there's no definitive answer, right? Like Correct. it's just when you're ready to go. 
Yeah, and everybody's different. Like, you know, younger, more spry guys probably come back quicker. But then again, like, the more explosive and the more high-flying you play, you're more prone to getting these things over and over. So it's like, it's that, like, blessing and a curse at the same time. So just obviously hope that he gets back. Um, But, like, man, when he's out there and he's healthy, it's so fun to watch. So bummed that he's out, but, like, hopefully, you know, it's not too serious and he's back soon. Yeah. Goran Dragic hasn't really played a whole lot for the Raptors this year. Is out for a personal matter. That's really all we know at this point, right? Yeah. Um, apparently he's been, he's been very forthcoming with the Raptors, um, basically saying it's a personal matter that he needs to stay away. And definitely he's been talking with, uh, Masai Ujiri and, and, um, Nick Nurse and all that, but that's all we really know. Nothing. He hasn't necessarily come out and said exactly what's going on. He, we just know that he's dealing with something. Um, but yeah, I mean, stuff. yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of where we're at with that. We don't know a whole lot, but hopefully everything's, everything's fine. Yeah. Um, some some great news and some long like okay can like I'll say what the news is then can we just talk about like when this team isn't playing the Cavs for the NBA finals how fucking fun they are <laughs> um so Clay Thompson has been assigned along with him and I believe Wiseman both were assigned to the Warriors G League um, which is Santa Cruz I believe um and they're just getting some run in in the G League which is basically kind of like your your audition for then getting back to playing in the NBA when you've had a long injury like that. Um, so Clay obviously coming off an ACL, and then um, Wiseman, I believe, also something along those lines. I could be wrong with what exactly was going on. I'm drawing a blank on what he had. But both them playing for Santa Cruz, um, which means that like the return is imminent, and we don't know when it's going to be, but we know it's going to be in December. It sounds like probably in the next couple weeks. And with where Golden State is right now, even if you get like 70%, 60, 70% Clay Thompson, like that's fucking awesome. Um, so I'm excited as hell. Dude, I, even, even back in, you know, 14, 15, 16, all these years, I know you're a big Steph guy. Love Steph. Obviously he's the better player of the two. Clay Thompson was my favorite though. He was my favorite warrior to watch, to play, like defensively, um, his shooting, his off the ball movement. Obviously not as good as Curry's, but still very impactful, very yeah. good. Um, he often took uh, the number one defensive assignment at, you know, whether it was point guard, shooting guard, small forward, whatever it was, yeah. as long as it was center. You know, he guarded three positions. Um, and he could make plays. Do you remember one of the biggest trades that never happened was Minnesota Kevin Love for – how would that have changed things if Minnesota gives gets rid of Kevin Love for Clay Thompson? Yeah, I mean, I just yeah, it, we it's that all was revisionist. The that was there. And oh they yeah, just said, no, no doubt. Yeah, the revisionist history is just like, or not revisionist history, but like looking back, you're kind of like it fits so perfectly with Clay. Like you just don't know if the chemistry is as great. You know, yeah, like right? you're probably missing out on the second or third best shooter of all time. And he fits so seamlessly. You don't get the defense. You don't get the, just the spot up shooting. So like it's different, but again, that team was just so like that organization was so well run that like you figured they could probably figure out a way that it all works, but it just looks vastly different, you know? Yeah, it does. And like, and they made the right call. And then there was people like, you know, saying that they, that they weren't at the time because Clay Thompson at the time was somewhat still relatively unknown. He was an 18 point, 20 point scorer. And, sure. you know, Kevin Love was out there getting 28 and 14, like literally his last year in Minnesota, he was getting 28, 14. He oh, was yeah. considered top five, top 10 player in the NBA at that point. Right. So, but man, they, you know, they did get, I'm so excited to see Clay back. It's been two years, dude. So I'm just ready. No, a hundred percent. And he clearly is ready. Like he's talked about it. He oh, yeah. like, he said, you know, he's like, I hate to use the phrase. I can't wait because I like believe in living in the moment. He was like, I really cannot fucking wait to get back and play, <laughs> which we know he's been, he's just been sitting there. Like when the warmups are happening, like he just wants to play so fucking bad. Um, so I, I can't wait. Him, I just want to see him in the first game, like drill, like 10 threes. Yeah. Just him and Curry eight a piece. Like, let's just, let's get oh, it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, now we got super excited. I got to get super. I'm, I'm I'm bummed about this. Yeah, the rest of these so, are downers. So like everybody, kind of temper your <laughs> temper your moods here. Right. 
Michael Porter, Michael Porter Jr. out with another back surgery. Yep. Matt, that's his third one. His first yes. one at Missouri. His second one about midway through his rookie season, maybe after his rookie season, somewhere there. Yeah. This is his third one. Did you see, I guess it was, he's only played nine games. Yeah. So it was a while ago. Did you see that layup? Yes. When he did, when he did it? Yeah. And it did not look good, dude. And like back injuries, they've come a long way on them. Science oh, yeah. and you know, medicine has come a long way where, you know, you hope he can get back uh, to where he was. But I texted you the, just the other day and said, I, you know, I mean, he might, he might play again. Sure. But we got to, we got to look at and realize that it's a possibility that he also might not. And, oh yeah. And he might not, he probably isn't going to be at the level that he was. And talk about a guy who's 23, 24. He's hella young. Yeah. Yeah. Ending, you know, his basketball career not being what he could be like i mean let's talk about a little later the nuggets and and how cursed they've been so far this year but yeah man that one that one hit me because he he was gonna be that third guy for them i felt like for sure um yeah you said everything i mean tiger woods is a great example of what medical and medicine and science can do for your back with the fusion surgeries and everything you can do but there's still limitations and basketball is not a game where you're just where you're just standing stationary and hitting a golf ball like you're up and down the floor you're up and down your your body's contorting in different ways so different but like you're right there's technology hopefully there that can help him play um will he ever be the same i don't know that's to be seen probably not i mean honestly how could you um so we'll see but yeah that just sucks for and like you said we'll talk about it in a little bit about for the nuggets overall but that's not the only one that the nuggets have as we'll continue on like pj dozier is now out for the season with a torn acl again Austin, again like he missed Austin, he, he played in the first 50 games or so last year and then did the same thing and that's why they had Compazzo and austin rivers yep <laughs> like no it, you're right and backward. And Austin Rivers now out health and safety protocols, which again, that's not a season thing. It's but it's it's a short term, you know, hopefully short term. But like again, you're missing a guy you thought was going to be your your third score or your third option. You're missing a guy that was a key role player off the bench. You're missing another guy that was off the bench to be some sort of depth. And you know, uh, Murray's not back yet. We hope we think he and maybe hope he comes back at some point. But like this is basically the Jokic Barton and and Misfit Toys show. I mean. To be honest, and yeah, I mean, they dropped I, six in a row. Yep, four of them without Jokic when he was out with his wrist injury. Yeah. They come back, they immediately win two games. <laughs> he comes back, they immediately sure. win two games. In a row. Yeah. So. But yeah, I mean, but, again, we'll kind of talk about outlook with them in a second. But it's just you know they've just been bitten by the injury bug and and COVID stuff all year. It seems like. Um, all right, let's round these out. Um, Joe Harris out with ankle surgery. It seems like he's going to be out for a decent amount of time. Um, again, I've been there. I get it. It's probably a, a, a long-term type situation. Yeah. Um, Jalen Suggs out, fractured thumb. Uh, that seems like he won't need surgery. It's just going to be healing and getting that back um, probably in a, in a cast for a little bit. But um, some more COVID news. Kobe White. He is out with the Bulls again. He wasn't. He's not like a game changer necessarily, but he adds depth. He's had some good games here and there. Yep. But the Bulls are clicking in a different level, kind of without him. They don't necessarily have to have him. But um, and we can talk about the Bulls in a little bit because I believe they're the second seed in the East right now, behind the Nets. Um, and then this one's big though. I think this one matters. This this next one here, um, or the last two actually. Bam is out for probably. You know what? What it say? Three months or maybe a month and a half, two months to January. Um, in January. Yeah, torn UCL in his right thumb. Um, that's that's not like whatever you hear. Torn something. It's not great. Yeah, I think that is actually a, a game changer for Miami, at least when it comes to seating. You know, it, he'll make a full recovery and he'll be back by playoffs sure. or anything like that. But like they they need him. They're not built on size. They're not built on you know, a lot of what they do defensively is relying on Bam, right? No doubt. And now someone like Duncan Robinson 
is almost even more unplayable defensively. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, because there's no help there. There's Yeah, there's no funneling anything in. I mean, just to bring up the impact of that, the, the Cavs just beat them by almost 30 points tonight. Like, yeah. don't they get have me wrong. No the Cavs have been have been good, but they yeah. beat them 111 to 85. Like, that's an ass-kicking. They only scored 85 points. And the Cavs are not known for their defense necessarily. <laughs> so, like, you know, here we are. We're literally talking about the impact already. They only scored 85 points. Um, so not great. Not great, Bob. Um, not great, Bob. But yeah, so that's you're right. I think that's a massive loss for them. Um, and then finally, this last one, Dame. No, it's only supposed to be ten days, but again, that's the minimum time period. It could be longer. It's kind of that reevaluation thing. He's out with a lower ab injury. Um, you know, they they can't afford to, to to lose guys like that. No, they can't. I mean, they can't afford to lose Dame at all. And. Um, Dame has been the league pass guy for years. Someone you have to watch. Yeah, but he, you know, ab injury. I feel like is probably one of those things where he just needs rest. I think he'll probably be back in the ten days, right? For like, sure, on, I would on agree. the surface. But, so, but, yep. Yeah. All right. Well, let's um let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back and talk teams and storylines here. All right, we are back. Um, let's talk some teams. Let's talk storylines here. Um, as we do almost every episode, we got to do it. Um, let's talk about the Lakers and kind of the the repercussions and the kind of outlook here um, as of late. And then with now LeBron out for maybe 10 days, maybe a little more, depending on that, could be two, three, four games, whatever. Um, I mean, do are they going to be able to stay afloat at all? I'm done talking about the Lakers. That's fine. I'm not, I'm not wasted. Like, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I'm so confused about this team. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like LeBron being out, if he's out 10 days, they, they could lose every single game that they play without him. You know, it wouldn't be a surprise. Okay. Right. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. Um, I'm going to throw a couple of things at you here. Actually, it's mostly just it's a couple ideas around one thing here. Yeah. So we talked about maybe a couple episodes ago, maybe it was actually before the season even started or right after the season started, was that NBA 75, right? The, the NBA 75 greatest players yeah. ever. One of the guys on there, which was one of the youngest players ever to be on there besides Giannis, was Anthony Davis, okay? Yeah. And whether I thought that was premature, I think we might have agreed on that, but like it is what it, it, whatever. It is what it is. Yes. I'm not going to take people off the list. I'm not going to do that. But I thought it was premature. The only way that this team stays afloat is if AD earns that 75, top 75 rating. Yeah. Okay. But as of right now, let me, can I throw you a couple of stats here? And this is not hyperbole. This is advanced analytics stats backed up. As of, and this was, I mean, this is probably still the case. I don't see it getting any different. This, but I saw this stat on Saturday after I was sadly watching OSU lose to Michigan. Um, Anthony Davis right now is the worst jump shooter in the entire league. And I don't, again, I'm not, I'm not exaggerating that. I am telling you that he has, and and this was when they lost, this is, um, when they lost to the Kings the night before. So Friday of last week, he made one of his 12 jump shots and out of 56 players who have attempted at least 150 jumpers this season, he ranks last in efficiency, averaging less than a point per shot, and it's almost half a point per shot. You ready wow. for another stat here? And I think this is, it's along the same lines. It's literally just kind of keeping the same same um, uh, trajectory here. Who else sent me that? Somebody sent that to me. Sent me a tweet or something like that. Um. I don't know, but it's along the same lines. Essentially, that um, he has been the worst jump shooter in the NBA, and so this is a very simple. It's a very simple equation. It is Anthony Davis play like you were in the bubble, and this team will be fine while LeBron's out. Also, Anthony Davis stop shooting jumpers. 
<laughs> you He's are supposed to be a good shooter, but right now he doesn't need to be do- doing that. He is okay, but like, and maybe that's true. I, but the reason Anthony Davis is a top three, top five, and a top seventy-five player of all time is because he is unguardable in the post, and he is an elite rim protector in the post. Do not leave the post. Don't leave. Yeah. You don't need I to. Yeah. It's fine to take two or three jumpers or maybe two or three threes a game. But the fact that he took 12 jumpers against the Kings is asinine. It's crazy yeah. to me. And so he is, and Nick Wright said it best, he said he's playing like he's the 6'3 point guard from Chicago, which he was, and that he didn't have a growth spurt. AD, you had a growth spurt. You are the most versatile <laughs> big man in the league. If you want to be, and right now you're choosing to shoot jumpers and three pointers, which by the way, you're shooting 19% on threes this year. And over the past two seasons, you're shooting 26%, which by the way is infinitely worse than Russell Westbrook's percentage, which we all kill him for. So let's make sure we're being fair and, and correct here. AD stop it. Just stay in the paint, dominate down there because you can. That's the only way they stay afloat. He needs to do that. He also has to, I mean, if he's going to be the backbone of that defense, be the backbone of that defense. He does. He has to be. And he has not been this year Correct. either. They are so atrocious defensively. And you have to figure with a little hustle and the way, you know, I mean, Vogel is a proven good defensive coach. And one of the reasons that they won on the bubble was because they did, they funneled a lot of things to Anthony Davis and LeBron, you know, Correct. on the outside. So, but no, he's got to earn. He's, he's, he already has the NBA title. He almost has to earn it. Yeah. Also, like, I don't know. Stop having your worst. Like, he followed up the MVP, or sorry, he followed up the NBA championship with everybody thinking that he would be the MVP or fight for the MVP because he now is taking that next step. He followed that. NBA championship with the worst season he has had since his rookie year. And then he continued on that trajectory a little bit to start the year right now, just in terms of like his shooting percentage and how he's playing. You, you can't do that and want to be considered an elite player. You just can't. So you have, you have to improve. And again, he played well last night. He had 25. He shot 50% and only two threes. That's great. He had seven rebounds, three assists, two steals and two blocks. That is perfect. I want more points, obviously, but like I, I want more rebounds out of that. Like you, you want more, that, you probably want more of everything. Just like okay, like but because they I, can't. DeAndre Jordan's unplayable, even though Vogel doesn't know that. Like he only played him four minutes last night, so that's good. That's good. Um, okay. And I want to be fair. To, to, I want to be fair to a guy who we have rightfully killed, which is Russell Westbrook. He has been playing very, very good lately. He has been playing awesome, and he's been stepping up in moments where LeBron has kind of faltered and not played well. Now LeBron has played had played exceptional the past couple nights before he, you know he was out with COVID, um, but this is going to be now a Russell Westbrook and Anthony Davis show, and yeah. they both have to play well in order for this thing to go. But but above everything else, it has to be AD. So that's my soapbox. I'm I'm done talking about the Lakers. Pulling them out. I know. I, I'm sorry. Like you, you claim you want to be the guy, and you claim you want your flowers, and you claim you want all this re- this recognition, and you say, and he got the 75th best player in the world ever. You got to live up to it, and right now he's not. Um, you cannot be living up to it when you're the worst jump shooter in the league statistically. <laughs> you're right. So anyway, um, let's yeah. talk about teams that actually have earned their keep um, and are actually awesome right now. The funnest team in my mind to watch right now is the Phoenix Suns. Oh, yeah. 17-game winning streak right now, including beating the Warriors the other night. Matt, you pointed this out to me. Did not lose a game in the month of November. Yep. Now, it's super early still, but they're on pace for 74-8. and eight. Yep. Seriously, that's their pace right <laughs> now. No, no, you're right. So, are they going to get there? Probably not. That would be insane. But... Yeah. Mean, like the way they're playing, it, it reminds me of Spurs 2014, the year they yeah. destroyed uh, the the aging Heat and had yeah. LeBron literally running from 
corner three to corner three to do you remember that? Like oh yeah, the way that removing the and moving the ball, like yep, just everything fluid. That's how the Suns are playing. The Warriors are playing almost exactly like that as well too. You're right. Um, so yeah, you, you, you hit everything. I mean, 17 in a row, didn't lose a game in November. Um, I want to just focus specifically on the game last night because that game was awesome. Um, now obviously Devin Booker went out and Steph Curry, um, had maybe his worst shooting performance, um, of, of the season. Um, but I'm, I'm not even gonna talk about the Warriors because that wasn't the team that won. And that's not the team that deserves to be talked about in that game necessarily. Um, so Chris Paul just kind of the more and more I watch him more closely, he he reminds me a lot of like the old Isaiah Thomas where like he spends the first three quarters basically making sure everybody gets involved. He, he throws some elbows. He, he talks to the refs to warm them over. He basically complains the whole game. And then in the fourth quarter, all of that culminates into, oh, I've been working all of this like a puppeteer and I just kind of got everything to where I want it to be. And then I'm going to kill you with my scoring in the fourth quarter. I'm going to get some calls that I've been working on all game and all this stuff. And he just mind fucks everything that's going on the first three quarters. <laughs> and he just shows up in the fourth and he does it every freaking time. And he did the same thing last night and he's just the man. I love him to death. Um, but I'm going to talk about Aiton and Mikel Bridges because um, the Warriors are small. You, you start to yep. figure that out when you watch them against a team that's large. Um, yes. They don't play a guy over six foot nine. The Warriors don't. And so that might, that's where Wiseman is going to play a role that I don't know if he's ready for yet um, because they need to be bigger. And Aiden obviously abused that. But I'm just going to spend a little bit of time man crushing over Mikel Bridges for a second. He is an elite perimeter defender. And I mean elite. He put Steph Curry in a torture chamber last night, and it was incredible. It was incredible to watch. He, I have, he impacted the game an incredible amount for someone who had two points on four field goal attempts. But he is a plus 21. He had four steals. And like you said, his defense and his ball movement, it, it's invaluable. And like, and if he's taking four shots a game, who, who, who gives a fuck? Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like even, even with Devin Booker out and only playing 15 minutes, he still only took four shots, but that's what you wanted to McHale Bridges. Like that's right. exactly, that's exactly his role. And you know what? They were a plus 21 when he was on the field or on the court. Yeah. Same as, same as Chris Paul. Like can't fault that. Like, but you're right. His ability to—he's so long. His arm span is incredibly long. The way he slithers through screens, like the way he anticipates, the way he chases from behind, like you said, it's it's elite. I don't—is there a better one right now? Perimeter defender. Yeah, I'm. I'd have to like look up. I'd have to look up. You know, advanced metrics and things like that. I can just tell you, like, I test. I mean, Lou yes. Dort. Lou Dort is also incredible for the Thunder. What he's been doing to guys this year has been awesome. Um, he's not as like, long what, as lanky. Though. Correct. And I think that's uh, the difference, right? For sure. Um, so I'd have to look, but like just watching games, I don't know if I've seen a more just like lockdown dude than Bridges. Just from like game to game, he consistently locks guys down. Um, and to, to lock down Curry is no is no small task. Um, and for him to, no. do, I think he shot like four of 18 or something like that, something crazy. So um, he did a phenomenal job. And so I just loved watching him do that because, um, you know, that's that's not an easy task to do that to Curry. Um, but The energy looking, that takes. Think about yes, that. Cause, correct. Because McEnroe just played 41 minutes like yes. doing that. And Steph Curry, I would say, probably moves more than any NBA player on the court or pretty darn close to it. Yeah. Right? Like miles traveled. Yeah. Yeah. He's got to be up there for sure. So looking ahead here, kind of looking at this streak, I think it ends on Friday because they go back and they play the Warriors in golden state, which I think they're going to be very, very pumped for and, and want to re some revenge on that. And it sounds like they may not, you know, just depending on Devin Booker's hamstring, they may not have him for that. 
Um, I mean, they play the Pistons tomorrow, so like I think that that's pretty much a cakewalk. But then it well, goes Warriors, and then after that, though, like if they can get by the Warriors the second time, then it's Spurs, Celtics, Clippers, Blazers, Wizards, Hornets, Lakers, Thunder. So I mean, like it, you know, we're looking at if they can get by the Warriors, that would be 19 in a row, and then you're at 20, you know, 26, 25, 26 in a row, and you know that's probably a long shot just based on you know somebody catches you maybe somewhere and they're on a back to back or something, but they're you know they're going to be gunning for this streak. Like somebody brought up on a show that was like, well, do you sit a bunch of guys against the Pistons so that you can go and play the Warriors? And I, I was like, no. no. You don't risk the streak. No. The streak matters. You run it. You keep going, and you just live with whatever happens because of it. Like if you get tired because of it, then you live with that. But like, if you can get to a crazy streak, that's awesome. So you just keep running it. No, I one hundred percent agree. Like, obviously, the goal is to win an NBA title, but you don't want to mess up anything. You know, chemistry rise or white. You know, right. the basketball gods are angry. Like, you know, you're gonna want. You got to play every game. No so. doubt. Um, I mean, we kind of talked about it. There's not a whole lot to talk about the Warriors in the sense like um, they're, the, they're the same. Um, you know, they may beat everybody that's not the Phoenix Suns. Um, <laughs> no joke. But like I mentioned, and I brought it up, and I, like I said, I want you kind of to react to that. They are small, and there may be teams yeah. – that they play that are able to go big either NBA finals or Western conference finals or Western conference at all, where that may cause some problems if you don't have a big physical rim protector at times. Um, so I don't know if you, if you noticed that or if you were, if what you think about that kind of going forward, they are small. And I think that was a, that was almost a, a trend, you know, a few years ago, I think some of the rule changes though, in have have made it more of a big man's league again a little bit and i also think that it does pose matchup problems because i mean i'm not saying that that they would win but if if the nuggets have a healthy jamal murray and you know go into that series relatively healthy i don't know you know michael porter jr Sometimes back surgeries can take two months. Sometimes, you know, he could be out for the season. We still don't know. But if he does come back, like, who's guarding Jokic in that series? Like, either way, like, I know he's surrounded by G League players right now. But, like, yeah. when they get up against, you know, DeAndre and Jokic, those are really the two out west that, you know, could pose really big problems for them, right? Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt. Um and it's not even like that the guy like the team that they're playing if the guy's just tall that doesn't really matter it's like if the guy is like physical and will stand at the be always in the post and body somebody or they're they're like you said with a Jokic they're just talented in all facets of the game if they're just much larger than you like that's going to present problems too Aiton just provides so much of a problem for them because not only is he skilled but he's big and he's physical and yes Draymond or, you know, whoever they threw down there at times, uh, Bielitsa, like none of those guys are really able to hang with someone that large. Um, but yeah. So, um, one thing back to go to the Suns really quick. Um, the way that they're constructed is so good and their chemistry is so, so well put together. Like they're by far, like, is there any question they're the best team in the league right now? Like that's the best team in basketball. Yes. Okay. Yeah, there's no, there's no doubt. Yeah, and I'm I was thinking back to like when they were in the finals. Say whatever you want about how they got there. Maybe they got lucky. That's fine. But when they got there, if Giannis doesn't play out of his mind for four games, they're an NBA, they're NBA champions. Like it took a insane all time four game stretch from Giannis to be able to beat them because of how well they were assembled. So like, if Giannis is like. 95% of what he was and not all the 100, they probably win the NBA Finals. And now we're like, we were not that I forgot about them. I thought they were going to be good. I didn't think they were going to be this good. But I severely under, I think I severely underrated what they did last year just because of how they got there. But like now we're looking at maybe that wasn't a, a fluke, you know? Maybe they would have beaten the Lakers regardless of being healthy, how well they were put together. They, they have staying power. Like, they, yeah. they have exactly what like what you want. Like, you know, we talked about the heat after the bubble. Didn't have staying power. Like, 
these Suns, they look like as of right now that they have that same power, right? And yeah. they are, they're, they're assembled. Their team chemistry, it just fits, man. That's why I was telling you, like 2014 Spurs, 2015 Warriors. It, it reminds me of that stuff. No doubt. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, yeah. All right, so this next topic, you're you're you pander with like Steph and KD, but then you throw in another name because you just want to talk about it. So, so everybody listening, let me just read you what this says, and then let me get then let I'll, I'll let Joe get to the crux of the the statement that he really wanted to talk about. He goes, Steph and KD might be lead MVP candidates, but Jokic, and then please proceed to tell me what you think can happen. Okay. No doubt, Stephen KD right now, number one, number two, right? I mean, I think so, but you but may I'm just not. Telling you, yeah, no, I do. But I'm telling you, if Jokic can, <laughs> if Jokic can drag this team, this G League team, Matt, to a playoff berth, whilst having the best season, like right now, you know he's on pace for that, right? Like PER, wind share, like yeah. everything, he's on pace. Not for just the best season this year, the best season in the history of basketball from an advanced metrics standpoint. Sure. Like, we need to talk about that. <laughs> I just feel like, like, and people look at Jokic and I, I know I talk and I, I gush over him. He's my, he's my new man crush. I'll, I'll admit it. He's yeah. my favorite player to watch, watch <laughs> right now. But like, people talk about him and they're like, oh, you know, he's, you know, he's, he's good. He's goofy. You know, he, he is those things, but I don't, I think we undersell his athleticism a lot of times because no, he's not the fastest. No, he doesn't jump the highest. Right. But his skill offensively and now even defensively, like are just elite. There is not a facet of the game where you can say, well, he's not good at that. Right. Like, yeah, he can yeah I agree. Absolutely everything. So, like, I just want to keep that in mind. Like, the Nuggets are – their ceiling as constructed right now, especially with, without Michael Porter Jr. and with Jamal Murray, maybe back in March, April-ish. What's their ceiling? Where do you have them slotted at on that? So – Fourth seed, can they get there? I don't think so. I, so, I think I think the – I think the – premise of your your thought and your argument is correct if if Jokic can get this team to a top four seed maybe even hell maybe even top six let's be honest um he has an argument the problem is he's not going to um and I'm I'm saying that very like confidently this team this team has gone through this team's gone through gone to way too much and it's not his fault um but their team is absolutely garbage like he is literally yes it's 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 him and then Aaron Gordon is a good basketball player. I actually like Aaron Gordon. But yeah, I think it. he's I think he's average, but that's fine. That's it. Yeah. I mean, Will Barton Let's- is better than Aaron Gordon in my opinion, but that's neither here nor there. But but here's the thing. If your team is Jokic, Will Barton and Aaron Gordon, you, you you're just not good. Like no. that's I'm sorry. Like you're just not you're you're okay, but you're not yeah. good. Um and so I think they're going to the hover around like the 7, 8, 9, 10 spot all year, and that's not an MVP. I'm not saying he's not doing MVP-like things, You're right. but he's not winning an MVP. You're right, but damn it, like, <laughs> just, you're, you're not wrong. Like, he's, he can't win. Dude, can't he win got his. MVP like, you can stop. Like, he got his. He got his I one. I just don't feel like he's disrespected, dude. I don't know. I, um, so. I think there's probably still people that disrespect him. I'm not one of them. I just, I don't think that... Um, I just don't think he's going to have enough wins. I don't think the team's going to be good enough. Um, when, especially, you're going up against maybe the Warriors who may end up in the top three seed and the Nets who may be the best team in basketball when it's all said and done. Um, right. It's going to be tough. So, so, one thing I didn't talk about, MVP. I mean, Suns on pace for 74-8. and eight. Like, do we look at an MVP candidate from over there? Do we, do we nah. look at Chris Paul? No. I mean, he always should be in the MVP race, in my opinion, but... Um, it, they're, they're just too, they're all too spread out. They're all too good. Like, you know what I mean? It's, it's just such a good collection of wealth 
Yeah. Um, that it just, you know, it, it probably won't happen. But if there's anybody that deserves it, it's probably Chris Paul. You know, like when you think about all the numbers and everything like that, like 72, you know, 72 and whatever, 72 and 10, 74 and 8, whatever they end up, that's not going to be it. But like in that realm, they're a top seed or the number one seed, a best team in basketball. He's going to be in the conversation. Yeah. All right. Um, Philly. I think you and I both whiffed on this. Um, I think we thought they were going to be fine or at least better, um, than the 11th best team in the East. Um, they had just, they did win the other night, but they were on a little bit of a streak where they were losing. Now that was no Tobias Harris and no MB. They were out due to COVID and other things. But, um, even with that, they're still worse than, I don't know, it seems like the Wizards, the Celtics, the Cavs, the Knicks, the Hawks, the Hornets, all those teams. Um, so I, I think we whiffed. I do think that they're better than what their record says right now. They will end up kind of reeling off some wins and getting up there. Um, but I thought this team wasn't going to skip a beat necessarily without Ben Simmons. And it's clear that like they may be struggling with some depth and struggling with some leadership um, in terms of at the point guard position. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts? Three and seven in their last 10 games. Yeah. Besides Joel Embiid. I don't know that their they second have best that player hurt. has been Seth Curry. Yes. Who Seth should Curry, not be your second great. best player. <laughs> yeah. That's, no, no offense to him, but he should no, be sure. your second best player, right? He sh- knows he shouldn't exactly, be the second best player. <laughs> this is exactly what happened in the playoffs though, against the Hawks. Who 100%. was their second best player? Yep. Seth Curry. You want to know how you lose when you're huge, massive favorites to the Atlanta freaking Hawks? Seth Curry being your second best player. That's how you lose. And that's exactly what's happening now. It's almost like I, Ben Simmons is still there. I just don't know. I will continue every episode that we talk about Philadelphia. I just want to put out an APB. Is that the word? Is that whatever? Yeah. Like a, I want to put out an APB for where the hell Tobias Harris is. I just want to know why nobody continues to, why nobody talks about this man and wonders where the hell he is. Because it still blows my mind that we talk about Joel and we talk about Ben and Seth Curry is the second best player. And we go, oh, if I go to Spot, Spot Track or Spot Rack, whatever the, the website is, and I look up what um, Tobias Harris's contract is, um, I think we're going to be pretty disappointed in how much he makes and how shitty he's been living up to that number, which, by the way, is 35, almost 36 million a year to be ass. <laughs> to be ass. So miss me with the Ben Simmons stuff. Miss me with whatever. There's a guy that you're paying 36 million and he is not doing jack. And he continues no. to escape criticism. He's. He's averaging a very inefficient right now, 20 points a game, but he's shooting 48% from the field. He's only attempting, Matt, how many threes do you think he attempts a game? Five a game. Four. Oh. <laughs> and he's shooting He's shooting 31 or 32% on that. That's horrific. Getting, yeah, he's shooting 32% on that, and he's getting to the line on average of three times a game. You're right. He's, he's a... He's third. Like, I mean, he might be taking up a lot of your shots. It's, I mean, he's shooting more now than he ever has. His field goal attempts, this is his highest field goal attempt in his 10 seasons that he's had. But he's yeah. still averaging the same amount of points. I, he's not. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I just, I continue to, I continue to wonder. Um, where he is and why we don't talk more about um, why he's why he's just escaping criticism. I mean, Tyrese Maxey is averaging 18 points a game. Like, that's a second-year guy. Why is Tobias Harris making $36 million and only averaging 20 points? By the way, if you go to NBA.com and you look up, you know, points per game leaders, he's not even on the list because he doesn't qualify with the number of games. So... Yeah. You know, you got to be healthy. I get it. That's unlucky sometimes. But, like, when you're playing, you're still only averaging 20 a game. And Seth Curry is now becoming the second-best scorer on the team. And Maxie is nipping on your heels. I'm sorry. Like, you have to do better. You have to do better. And so you're – I'm watching you, man. I, I'm here. 
I'm here for Philly fans. I will defend certain guys, and I will not let guys go under the radar and not get criticism. He deserves it. I'm sorry. He, he does. Just to give you an idea, like I said, Tobias Harris shooting more than he ever has, almost 17 shots per game, averaging 20 points. Seth Curry, 11 shots a game, 16 points. Yep. I mean, Cole Anthony, 19 or 20 points a game. De'Aaron Fox, 20. Shy, 20. Jeremy Grant, 20. Julius Randle, 20. Like, do I need uh, to keep going? <laughs> and the, and yeah. some of these guys aren't making $36 million, by the way. DeJounte Murray, 18 a game. Or, sorry, 19 a game. Harrison Barnes? Uh, I, I think Harrison Barnes is actually really good. I think he's been underrated for his entire career. He had one bad playoff series, and everybody thought he was ass, and he's actually really good. Um not one bad playoff series, but a playoff run. But like Darius Garland, 18 and a half. Andrew Wiggins, 18 and a half. You want your name in the same likes as those guys? Sorry. Yeah, I would. <laughs> All right. But not if I asked Tobias Harris making 35 million. Yeah, making 36. Like I'd want to be in the 25, 26 range, but you know. Yeah. So. All right, let's round it out here. Um, two Bucks topics to end. First one, NBA. Ooh. Second one, college basketball. See what I did there? Um, I did. First one, Bucks are starting to get on a roll here. Um, I know, actually, right now they're in a great game against the Hornets, which I have on behind me. Um, it's a one-point game with two and a half minutes left. Bucks are down one, but they've won seven in a row, and they're starting to kind of hit their stride. Yeah, they have this player. His name is Giannis. <laughs> he real good at basketball. Oh, he, oh, that boy, good. <laughs> yeah, he, he is. He is real good. I'm actually you know pulling what? up. I'm pulling up some of their efficiency stuff because I think last week we talked. They were like 15th and 15th in both, and they've already skyrocketed to top 10, I believe, in defense, and then top 10 in offense as well. So it's coming also, now. Also, I didn't realize up until last week. I think there they had only played. There's only been like three or four games where Giannis, Middleton, and Holiday all played. Correct, due to COVID and injury and stuff like that. Yeah. So you have your three top guys, you know, not getting in sync. I guess, you know, that's expected. And we said, we said it was a little bit worried. Some it didn't look good. You know what I mean? Something to keep an eye on, right? Sure. Looks like, looks like they're right at the ship. I mean, they were, I think they were like the eight or nine seed when we last talked. Now they're the four seed, which like, that's just because of how close all these teams in the East are from like three to 10 or 11. But like, they're a top four now and they're not looking back and they'll probably end up, you know, probably first or second by, you know, the end of the month. So, um, yeah. Like I said, bonkers, right? What's he have tonight? 35, 12 and eight. Dude. He, and another guy that probably could win the MVP, but just, we, you know, he's already won two. So we just give up on him. Um, yeah. but yeah, I mean, now I'm looking, uh, Milwaukee top 10 defensive efficiency, top 11, almost close to 10 offensive efficiency. So they're right where they need to be. Um, Brooklyn. I mean, now they're coming like, out of the East still. Yeah. Brooklyn and Milwaukee literally are, are swapped on both of those. So, like they're both right there. I mean, it's going to, like you said, it's going to come down to those two and probably Milwaukee again, coming out. They also just picked up DeMarcus cousins game changer. Yeah. He's going to, he was supposed to play tonight. I don't know if he did, but he might be playing by the weekend too. Um, I, I, you know what? When he was healthy, I loved watching DeMarcus Cousins. I loved watching him actually, even in Sacramento play. The year he was with the Pelicans, he had a great yeah. year. He's had some horrible injury stuff happen. I don't think, you know, he's nowhere near the same player, but I wanted him to be. I wanted him to be good. No doubt. He has played. He has played tonight. Oh, okay, good. I thought, I was going to say, I thought that he was going to play in the next game. Um, yeah. Yeah, but they look great, and they're right where they need to be, and they're primed to make that you know that late season. Now, I know it's early still, but like they're going to get to a point now where they just kind of pummel teams, and they just you know they take the take the reins and probably don't look back. So, um, and Giannis, yes. I think just hit another bucket to put them up in the game. So, I mean, here we are. All right. Um, so another Bucks team last night beat the number one team in the country in college basketball, baby. Yeah, the Ohio State Buckeyes taking down Duke in the shot. I should have been at that game. Dang it. Were you supposed to go? I mean, I had, I had the option of getting, like, I had tickets. Oh, okay, like, gotcha. Pretty cheap, yeah. So, but but anyways, wasn't able to. Um, down 15 in the second half. Like, I mean, 
Do you think this is a sustainable team? Like I texted you and I said, hot take. This is a few weeks ago. Ohio State basketball is not going to win the national title. Do you think they could? No. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Um, now, here's the th- here's the deal. Um, they they're gritty as hell. They yeah. they are battle tested. They will they will muck it up and they will play whatever style of game that you want to play with you. Um, I mean, here's the thing. They were down 15 at halftime or maybe 15 at one point. But, like, they were 11 for 22 in the first half free throws or something like that. Or maybe it was overall. Okay. I don't know. But yeah, they, the they were that would that would have made up half the deficit, if not more, um, you know, in the first half. The game was, was a, a big deficit at halftime, but it was closer than that. Um, yeah. So... All that to say, I don't think they're. I don't think they're better than Duke. I think that they can compete with Duke. Um, also, Duke went cold for about six minutes, you know, against Ohio State, which, like you said, in college basketball, that happens. Um, but you can also say that Ohio State's physicality causes some of that. Um, they seem yeah. to do that against teams a lot. Um, the teams just go cold. Too. The shot was rocking too, and I think no, that, that matters one hundred percent. If, if that game's in Duke. That if that game's in, um, you know, uh, uh, Cameron Crazies, that may be a different outcome. Uh, home, yeah. In college, atmosphere matters. I know people don't yeah. want to, you know, whatever, but like it matters. In the NBA, it doesn't really. In some places, it does, but like most places, it doesn't. In college, it definitely matters. Um, Ohio State still missing Justice Suing. Yeah. I think that and Seth Towns. And Seth Towns. Seth, you just never know what he's gonna do. Isn't he like twenty five now? So yeah, this anyways. is. Yeah, I mean, he transferred. He's had like injury red shirts, I think, and stuff like that. So he's probably twenty four, so twenty three, twenty four. But yeah, he he's good. I mean, he he's so smooth. Like he was fun to watch. But you know, injuries are taking us home. I think I think they could use suing. Oh, I there's no doubt. Yes, yeah. he's a massive part of that team, and I don't know if everybody understood that until he was gone. Um, yeah. They don't have a point guard yet. I'm not saying that they won't get one and have a point guard by the end of the year, but right now they don't have a point guard. Michi's not ready. Um, Branham is not a point guard. Uh, actually, uh, Sotos, Jimmy Sotos, is the, has been the most pr- proficient point guard for them all year, but he doesn't play enough because I don't think he's – I don't know if he's just not practicing well or whatever. He's playing more and more, but, like, he wasn't playing a lot. Um, but, I mean, everything runs, everything runs through Liddell. That yeah. he's like you said, and and I expand upon this. You asked the question: Who he was the best Buckeye, or is he the best Buckeye since whom? And I said D'Angelo Russell, and I don't know if you had a different answer, but I thought it was D'Angelo Russell. No, I think that's probably pretty ac- accurate. Like I don't know who else, you know, going back, who it would be. I mean, I mean. You can make an argument, Jay Sean Tate, because he's in the NBA now, you know, for Fair. a really bad practice team. But I don't know. I I think EJ Liddell's better than Tate. Mike Conley? That was a long time ago. I know. I'm just saying, like, Evan Turner? Yeah. Um. And the last one was probably Russell. Yeah. So, because Russell was the bucket in college. Oh. Like, I think people forget, like, because he ha- and he, I, I've been a defender of D'Angelo Russell ever since he got in the league. I had a lot of people shit on him and say that he sucked and all this stuff. Like, he was, and that he was a bust and whatever. He was not a bust, clearly. Um, he was not the prospect that everybody thought he was going to be. He's not a superstar. He's not no. an NBA superstar. But, not, but like, there's only like eight of them, you know? So, like, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, People forget how incredible that guy was in college. Yeah. Unbelievable. He, he actually had really good passing vision then, too. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think he's probably the best since D'Angelo Russell. And he and, and Liddell is damn good. Um, that shot he hit last night, people I read were like, oh, that was a bad shot. That's fine. But he makes it. And he drills. He makes it. a lot. He makes them a lot. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if that's a bad shot anymore. It's kind of like the Dame thing. Like, you can say it's a bad shot, but if he makes them consistently, it ain't a bad shot, my friend, Paul George. It ain't a bad shot. Um, but all that to say, taking down the number one team in the country, whether at home or wherever, like, that's a you, – you hang on to that. That is, a, that is a March Madness tournament resume booster, 
you know, for the yeah. whole year. So, um, and you know, they the only loss they have to this point um, was was Florida. Um, or no, they lost one other one, didn't they? Yeah, um, it was a Mac team, wasn't it? No, they beat Akron. Uh, um, I'm drawing a blank what, on yeah. who the hell it was. Um, yeah. But anyway, I mean, they they lost to Florida, and they could have lost to Seton Hall, but they, they came back late against Seton Hall, and they won that game with a buzzer beater. They could have beat Florida or gone to overtime with Florida. Guy hits a buzzer beater. Um, and, 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 God, I'm drawing a blank on who the hell they lost to. Um, but either way, I mean, this team's lost one or two games, and, you know, the, one of what? Xavier. Oh, that's right. And that that was bad. Like Xavier is not good. Um, so that's a bad loss. A bad but they got bodied. They got bodied yeah. down low in the end and just got outplayed and out physicality, which it doesn't usually happen with with Holtman teams. Um, yeah. But all that to say, like you beat the number one team in the country, and that's a great building block, which they've done. They've beaten really, really good non conference teams under Holtman. And then they've struggled against the Big Ten. So hopefully they can flip that and like win non-conference games, but also not struggle in the Big Ten. Yeah, that'd be nice. Do you think said Russell gets any run now? I think he's earned it. I don't know if he's going to sustain it, but I think he's earned some run after what he did last night. Those are, those, those are some huge shots. Oh, massive. Yeah. I mean, you don't win that game without those. If you're... you're if you're struggling to find, you know, point guard, why not give a guy? I know he's old. I know he's, you know, he played four years at Louisiana. Actually, was a really good player at Louisiana. A hundred percent. So why not give him, you know, a try? I don't know. Hey, I think, so. yeah, I, you know, I wonder, I wonder if some of these are just things in practice. Like he isn't fully ready yet, but like you almost yeah. hope it was almost like, well, we're down fifteen. Like, what, what the hell not? And then it ends up being, yeah. oh, he hits four massive shots. Um, so another thing to keep in mind is, you know, when suing comes back, I mean, they have their rotation right now. They've got a lot of guys who are pretty much same level, like of skill yeah. and everything like that. It'll be interesting to see who gets weeded out and who doesn't and, and how he handles that. Yeah. I mean, well, suing can play point guard. He's not a point guard, but he can yes. play point guard. Yeah, so he might be you could literally, not you could literally run four dudes that are huge. You know, like you could run suing yeah. Aaron's young um Liddell and Key and just be massive. And yeah. that could still work in college, you know. So yeah. um but nonetheless, big win over Duke, go Bucks. Um all right, man, I think I think that's it. Anything else? Nope. Well, I'm sure next week we'll have a bunch of other stuff to talk about because that's just how the NBA is, man. Everything week to week shit gets crazy. Um but that is going to do it for another episode of In the Paint, um, and we will be back next week. Thanks, guys. See you.